I'll explain what I mean. When we look at the outside, the world, the way we see it with our flesh eyes, we see a world that seems to be running on its own. It seems to be running by chance. It seems to be running by powers that we have no control over. It seems to be like something that's a spinning, especially now it's like spinning out of control. And what this brings to a person automatically, if we're anyone who's normal, is to get anxious. Who's normal? <laughs> Nobody here. But who's normal? If you're not anxious. What's me, what's me normal for normal. If you're an- ang- normal time. Anxiety. Maybe you know, I don't know. Come come from Corona, it's normal. Nobody knows it. I'm just relation. Don't want to interrupt. But what Hasidus does, it takes the layers off our eyes that we see the world in a different way. I just said the bracha shahakol. And the Rebbe asked the question about the bracha shahakal niya With A kid, the Rebbe was speaking to little children at a rally for children. And the Rebbe says to the children, you take a drop of water, you take a little drop of water, and what kind of bracha do you say? Do you say bayre hamayim? By fruits, we say bayre priya eats. Vegetables, we say bayre priya adama. Why is it that for water, what do we say? Shahakoil nihiya bidvare. What does shahakoil mean? Everything, the entire universe. Everything was created by Hashem's word. So Rebbe says, why is it for. A little drop of water, that's what we say. Talk about the whole universe. And the Rebbe answered, Hashem wants us to know that everything was created by Hashem and He's in charge and He's running the show. That even a drop of water, who made it? It's Hashem. We should never think the Rebbe said a child might think a little drop of water is so insignificant so tiny do I have to say a bracha? And that's why specifically for water even a drop of water what do we say? Shahakoil the entire universe, Nihya, came into being Bidvarai by Hashem's word. What does this teach us? Very simple. Who's in charge? Who is running the show? The Baal Chayvas Halavavis in Shara Bitachan tells us something. Very, very important for us to remember. 
says, how can you have betachen in Hashem? He says, I'm going to give you the clue. I'll give you the key. He says, if I want to get something from someone, so first thing is, I have to make sure that he's my friend. I cannot rely on him if he's not my friend, he doesn't love me, doesn't care about me. Why should he give me what I want? So that's ingredient number one. That I have to know that my friend loves me and cares about me. But that's not enough. Number two, my friend has to know what's going on. Let's say my friend doesn't know that I'm going through a hard time, or I need money, or I need help. If he doesn't know, how is he going to help me? So he has to be aware of my situation. That's number two. But that's still not enough. Number three, he says you have to have, your friend has to have the power, the ability to help you. Because even if he loves you, he knows what's going on, if he doesn't have the means to help you, what are you gaining? How can you rely on him? But that's still not enough. Number four, your friend has to know what's good for you. Sometimes a kid asks, Mommy, I want the chocolate. But you have to eat supper. But Mommy, I want it. You love me, right? If the friend does not know what's truly good for you, so not necessarily he's going to help you. You need a Tylenol. This guy is going to give you something else. You have to know what's good for your friend. So we need four ingredients. He should love you. Number two, you should know about what's going on. Number three, you should have the power. Number four, you should know that what he wants to do for you is beneficial for you. And that's still not enough, says the Baal Chavis Halavavis. He says, you number five. Number five is that you should have a track record. In other words, when I came to my friend in the past, he was always there for me. As far back as I remember, he was always there for me. So I can assume and rely on him today too, that he'll be there for me. The Bala Chayvah Salavavi says, that's still not enough. Number six says, you need someone who that you know that he is the only one that can help you. Like, he gives an example, like a servant, a slave in jail. The only one who has the key is his master. So then, the only one he could rely on is his master. So I have to make sure that my friend is the one who has the key to my situation. He said, it's still not enough. He loves you. He knows what's going on. He has the power. He knows it's good for you. He has a good track record. And number six, he's the one who has the key to free you from your problem. He says one more thing is important, and it's very crucial, that you should know that your friend does not make any exceptions. He will help you whether you deserve it or not. Sometimes, maybe I don't deserve it this time. He did it in the past, but maybe now I don't deserve it. But if I know my friend is indiscriminate, whether I deserve it or not, he will always give it. 
then I can rely on him. Says the Baal Chavis Halavavis, his name was Abena Bechaye, not the same one who gives a Purish on Chumash. He says, you will never find such a person in the world, except for Hashem. Hashem loves us. Hashem knows what's going on with every individual. Hashem has the power. Hashem knows what's good for every individual. Hashem perfectly tailors each person's life to what's good for him. And Hashem has a tremendous track record. Since I was born, He gave me breathing, He gave me eyesight, He gave me ears, He, gave, he took care of me. Number six, that Hashem is the only one who's the true power that can help us. And number seven, which is most important, Hashem gives, and I'll say the Lushen that He uses, Bein Leroy, Bein Shmisha Eneroi. Whether you deserve it or not, person shouldn't think, well, maybe uh, I have to go through this suffering. Maybe this is part of, part of my cleansing for Averis. You should know that the Eibishter doesn't make that cheshben. Hashem does not go through that. He gives to everyone chesed bleak vul. He gives us whether we deserve it or not. Why? So this week, Shmais. The Rebbe says, you know why? Because you have betachen. Just because you have betachen in Hashem, it's so to speak like a schar, a reward for your betachen, that you free yourself from all worries. In that schar, Hashem is going to give you. I just watched the clip of the Rebbe speaking to someone by a fabrengen between the, the sikhas, the, there is a nugunim. The Rebbe says to this guy, do you know what it says on the American uh, currency? In God we trust. And the Rebbe says, you know why it doesn't say in God we believe? So it says we believe in God. Says, What's the difference between believing and trusting? The Rebbe says, mina kotze elakotze. It's one side of the spectrum to the other side. It's totally the opposite. When you believe in Hashem, it does not necessarily affect your behavior. When you trust in Hashem, means you devote and give yourself over to Hashem completely. Now, how do we do that? The very, very simple answer is, like the Rebbe says, learn Shad Habitachin. The Rebbe wrote it in countless letters that everyone should learn. They have it in English, they have it in French, they have it in many languages. The Shah Betachen, the gate of Betachen, in the Chayvah Salavah, duties of the heart. The Rebbe encourages it. The Rebbe says, learn it several times till it gets into your bones. You will feel so much better. I remember when I was a maybe bar mitzvah age, my older brother had very serious problems with his stomach. And uh, colitis or whatever, I don't remember what it was. And the rabbi gave him a few uh, things to do about eating rice, something. And the rabbi told him, learn Shar Habitachen. When we learn Shar Habitachen, you realize, like these seven things that I told you, it's right at the beginning. It's only the Akdama. And they have an arts girl gave out a tremendous publication now of Shar Habitachen with explanations and, 
and, and it's very easy to learn. The actual text, the original text, is, is in Hebrew, but quite complicated to understand. Lashon HaKodesh. It's not just Lashon HaKodesh. It was written in Arabic, and then it was translated by someone, but it's a hard dialect to understand. That's why it was later translated, and Art Scroll gave it an excellent book. They sell it in the stores. I'm not getting paid for this advertisement. I'm just telling you, I bought it. I started to read it. It's Kvaldik. <clears throat> what is Betachin realizing? There is no one and nothing on earth that has control on a Jew besides Hashem. Every moment of the day. There is no power in the world besides Hashem. Ein oid movadai. There is nothing else. People get, are getting scared. This strain of the corona and this corona, shemarona, it's real. We're not denying it. But who's running the show? Corona or Hashem? Who's in charge? Who did it? Everything is from Hashem. And the Alter Rebbe says, the more you trust in Hashem, the more revealed the goodness will come out. You know, sometimes people go through bumps in life, different things, challenges. It only appears to be negative until we develop a, a strong betachin, says Alter Rebbe, through the Amuna and Betachen, that every, the first thing the Rebbe says, who's in charge? Hashem is a creator and is still creating the world every second. So if Hashem created the world right now, this second, He created it with all the situations that are going on, with everything. And the more we have Betachen, the more we have success, the more we have the brachas from Hashem. We just have to cleanse ourselves from all the worries and anxieties. We have to just remember that Hashem is holding us. Hashem is holding our hand. He's holding us tight. We have nothing to be afraid. He's with us the whole time. So we're safe. We are safe. We're not in the hands of destiny. We're not in the hands of, of corona. We're not in the hands of, of all the things that we may picture. We're in the hands of Hashem. And the more we realize this, the more we make ourselves a keli, a vessel for Hashem's brachas. Because it's Mitzray Shabbos, and we're coming from the Alter Rebbe's yard site, I want to tell a story. It's a, a, something, a mini Gisrael, that we tell a story of Amal Malka. I'll try not to make it too long, because I already took up a lot of time. Do I have permission to tell a story? I hope you tell it. Okay. Thank you very much. If I Balabas says so. You're a special guest. Thank you. <clears throat> story of the Alter Rebbe. There was a Yasoim and a Yasoima, two orphans from two different families who were raised by Yiddish families in a certain town. The Alter Rebbe knew about it. And when they were of marriageable age, the people decided to make a shidduch between the orphan, both orphans, a boy and a girl. 
And the Alter Rebbe himself was involved with that shidduch to make it happen. They got engaged, and the Alter Rebbe asked, please invite me to the chasana. Invite me to the wedding. I want to participate. When it came to the preparations for the chasana, they didn't have parents. The entire town took part. Everyone took something. One is going to make the fish, one the chicken, one the, the salads, one the drinks, and one get prepare the get the clothing for the chasanakala, the place where to live. Everyone in the town took part. They felt this is their own personal simcha. Everyone looking forward for the special day. They notified the Alter Rebbe which day it's happening. On the day of the chasana, the chasana went to Davin. He comes out of shul with his shimrim, those who watch him, and the nachalnik, that's the Russian word for the chief of police, or the, the, the general, or whatever, the nachalnik walks over to the chasen, puts handcuffs on him, and brings him to the police station. What's happening? He says every year he has to send people to the Russian army. This nachalnik was a Jew hater. And whenever he could, he wanted to spoil the simcha. Today he found an excellent opportunity, Rahman al-Islan, to ruin the simcha. He's taking the chassan to send them off to the army. And he locked them up in the police station. The leaders of the community, the rabbanim, all charged into the office of the nachalnik, crying and begging him to leave the chassan alone. But it didn't budge him. There, at a certain point, the Nachalik stood up and he shouted, if you guys don't leave my office now, I'll have you all arrested. They all had to leave. And you could just imagine that from, from uh, Simcha's Taira that they had, the Simcha that they had in the town turned into a Tishabav. Everyone started to cry. They went to the shul, they started to say, tell him, they don't know how they're going to get out of this. Sometime early afternoon, the Alt Rebbe pulls in with a horse and wagon and comes out and says, Where's the chasana? And they told him it's not happening. He says, They told me it's today. He says, It's not happening. It's canceled. He says, what, Can you explain? He said, Well, the Nachalik took the chasana away this morning and wants to send them off to the army. He says, so Let's go speak to him. He says, Where? He's going to arrest you. He says, where's the Nachalnik? He says, over there. Alter Rebbe thinks for a while. He says, with a big smile, guys, don't worry. With Hashem's help, the chasana is happening tonight. Where is the Nachalnik? Show me. He comes to the Nachalnik's office. He walks in. Nachalnik jumps out of his seat. His face turning, turning red.
over, you will have 1,500 rubles. Alter Rebbe went straight to Shul, gathered the leaders and the rabbanim of the community, says, we're going to make now a collection. We're going to collect from every family. Give me the le- list of the, fa- the members of this community, of this town. They give him the list. says, okay, Shalom the baker, how much do you think he can give? He can give like two rubles. Gershon the grocer, how much can he give? He can give three. Yankel the shoemaker, he can give probably only one. And he went through the entire list. When they finished, they didn't even get up to a thousand ruble. He says, that's it? He says, that's it. They're, the family, they're all poor here. They're, no one's rich. He says, you must have left someone out. Are you sure you got everyone? They say, yes. Are you sure? Well, actually, there's one person we left out. Who was that? Moshe the miser. What? How do you say miser on a Jew? Yeah. Do you know for how many years he's not giving any money for tzedakah? He's so stingy. Excuse me. You probably know, don't know how to approach him. You don't know how to speak to him. No yid is a miser. Everyone has a good heart. You just have to know how to reach. Reach to him. Put his name down on the list. We're going to go to him also. And they start writing his name on the bottom of the list. Alter Eber says, not on the bottom. Put it on the top. We're going to him first. But Rebbe, he's the richest man in town. And he never... Excuse me. Let's go. And they come to Moshe's house. He's sitting on the porch, his feet up with a big fat cigar. He sees Rabbanim coming towards him. He jumped to his feet and with a lot of respect runs over and says, Shalom Aleichem Rabbanim, what kind of honor you're coming towards my house? He says, yes, can we come in? They come into his house. There's gold and silver all over the place. The place is so fancy, such a rich place. Okay, what did you come for? You probably know that tonight is the cha- supposed to be the chasana of the chasana, but he was taken away hostage. He was taken away to be sent to the army by the Nachalnik. We need to raise 1,500 ruble. Can you please participate? This Moshe thinks for a while, he says, yeah, of course. I would like to contribute. And he goes over to the door. He has a shelf over there. And he has an old rusty coin. And he says, this is my participation. The Rabbanim didn't want to stick out their hand. To take that, that's it. From this rich guy. But the Alter Rebbe whispered, take it. Accept it. And they took it. And the Alter Rebbe looked at Reb Moshe, and with a genuine smile, said to him, Thank you, Tiskele Mitzvah. And he turned around to leave. The Rabbanim started to walk out, so disappointed. But when they got to the doorway, Reb Moshe said to him, Hold it, hold it, hold it. You know, I think one coin is not enough. I want to give more. And he took out a five-ruble bill. 
and gave it. He says, I'm giving this. And again, the Alter Rebbe looked at him with a smile and warmth and said, thank you so much for giving five ruble. This is surely going to help. Thank you, Tiskel and Mitzvahs. Just as they're about to walk out again, hold it, says Reb Moshe. Please come back. I want to give more. And this went like in a circle a few times until at a certain point, Reb Moshe sat down, put his head down on the table and began to cry like a little child. They waited till he calmed down. And the Reb Moshe wipes his tears and he says, let me tell you my story. About seven years ago, something happened to me. I used to go to shul with pockets full of coins. And anyone who came to me, I gave them a handful of, of tzedakah. But then, one day, after I emptied out my pockets, I was on my way home. Some poor beggar came over to me and asked me for tzedakah. I searched my pockets and I found only one coin. And I handed it to him. And I was about to apologize that I didn't have more with me. He took that coin, threw it in my face, and said, how disgusting, that's all you can afford? And he walked away. I bent down, picked it up from the floor, and I was so hurt. I was so hurt. I went home and promised to myself, this coin is going to sit on this shelf, and the next guy who comes to me is going to have to accept this coin before I give anything else. And sure enough, someone came. I gave the coin, throws it back in my face. Goes back to the shelf. And this went on for about a whole year until people stopped coming to me. So for the past who knows how many years, no one even talks to me, comes to me. And today, you guys came to me and he looks at the Altareva. He says, not only did you accept my coin, you even found room in your heart to give me a bracha. Now tell me, how much money did you need? 1,500. I want to have that mitzvah. And he pulled out of his drawer, counted up 1,500 ruble bills, and gave them, wrapped in a rubber band, 1,500 rubles. And the altar says, thank you, tiskel and mitzvahs, and make sure you come to the chasna tonight. <laughs> they left. The chasin was freed. You can imagine what kind of simcha happened. They made the chasana. The dancing, the simcha was felt in every bone. Then, like 12 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock, suddenly someone runs into the chasana hall, jumps up on the table, says, Shash, everyone quiet. The music stopped, the dancing stopped, everyone stopped. He says, I have very good news. What's the good news? The Nachalik went for a midnight stroll on his horse. He wanted to go middle of the night. They came to a lake, the lake near over here, this was a lake, and the horse saw the, the water, the horse got scared, and gave a jump, a big jerk, and the Nachalik fell off the horse, head first, on a rock, and split open his head. They took him, they see they had no relatives, 
They just buried him. They buried him. No relatives, nothing. You can imagine how much greater the Simcha was, got rid of their Haman Arasha, that was giving them so much problems. The next morning, the Chassan went to the lake for to title himself as a mikveh before davening. As he was getting dressed, he sees a big fat wallet on the floor. He picks it up and he sees 1,500 ruble in a rubber band. He brings it straight to the Rav. He says, Hashava Saveda, return a lost object. The Rav looks at it, and in seconds he identified this is from the Nachalnik. He has absolutely no relatives. This is for you and your kala to use Gesun Tehid and Matana from Hashem. The most most important thing of a story is what lesson do we learn from this? I, if you look at a Yid, let's do what Alter Rebbe did. Don't look what he's not giving. Don't look at what he's not doing. See what he is doing. See the good in every person. The Rebbe says, when you see the good in a person, it makes it ignite and it chases away all the other darkness. We have to train our eye to be ayin toiva, to see only good, and look at another yid, don't see what he's not doing. Don't see what he's missing. Look what he is doing. How good, and compliment him, like the Alter Rebbe did, and not fake. The Alter Rebbe does something with, with the MS, and you'll see the good just start shooting out and coming out. We see this in Chinuch all the time. Picture him good. I just saw a letter from the Rebbe. The Rebbe writes, there's a family where there was a lot of friction going on because the kids are not acting the way they should. And the Rebbe writes, you should know the saying of the Tzemach Tzedek, Tracht gut sein gut, think good and it will be good, applies here too. Look at your kids the way you want them to be, the way you expect them to be, and watch them fit into that. Watch them reach it. And this will also help for communication, to be a nice communication, peaceful in the house. We have to look at everyone with a good eye. But you know what I think? It all begins with one thing. I have to stand in front of the mirror and see my good things. Once I look at myself with a good eye and feel good, I can look at another Jew with a good eye. It's very important. What is Vyahaftalaycha? Do you first have to have a kamaycha? If I don't love myself, if I treat myself like a piece of dirt, that's that's what I'm gonna to do to my friends. Vyahaftalaycha, look at your friend, love your friend like you do to yourself. So I first the first ingredient is to love yourself. See your Milas. The best Mila a Yid has is that he has part of Hashem in him. And Hashem therefore loves us indiscriminately, without any conditions. Unconditional love that Hashem has to every Jew, regardless where he was, what he was, Hashem loves us. And therefore Hashem is going to bring us 
the Geula Shlema, and most important, he's going to bench the Chassan Kala, that they're going to have a life of Simcha, Bracha, Binyan Adayad, Banim Ubanois, that are Oiskin Betoiro and Mitzvahs, because they show Hashem that they appreciate the, the Torah and the Mitzvahs, and they make their house into a place where Hashem is comfortable, this will bring about all the brachas, the most important bracha, like we say in the Sheva brachas, that will have kel sasayim, kel simcha, kel chasen, kel kala, which is going to be with the coming of Mashiach Tzitkenu Bekarev Mamash. Sorry for taking so long. <laughs>